The Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Ore Cycling Apparel. They make great fitting pro-level cycling kit made with coffee grounds, so that's eco-friendly as well. And five trees are planted with the purchase of every garment. If you're out and about and want to be seen in some good-looking cycling kit, go check out www.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and I'll be taking you on a journey through the tour of Gippsland for 2018. It was, yeah, an interesting race. We won't be doing the normal thing where we get a rider in and we discuss what, what's going on. Instead, um, it'll be me essentially taking you through the stages and then we'll include an interview with a rider who was um, important during that stage. So, yeah, first of all, the overall complexion of the two of Gippsland. It was a bit of a, a race of oddities, I found. Um, firstly, it was uh, the courses were a bit strange. I mean, it was three circuit races, no open road, point-to-point stages, and it uh, finished with a mountain TT, which is, yeah, unusual, I think it's fair to say, in the world of um, in the world of cycling, let alone uh, just the National Road Series. So that was fun to see the mountain TT up the top of Mount Borbo, a bloody tough climb as well. Uh, third, Ben Long. They didn't actually take a win or put anyone in the top three on GC. That's a, a rare miss for them. I mean, they still hold a, a significant advantage on the National Road Series team standings. But yeah, it was odd to see them not right at the top of that race. Fourth point was an individual rider won the tour, which is, you know, again, a rarity. Emily Roper took the overall honours in the women's race, though that may have been largely down to splat thinking that Jamie Gunning would win after the two of them built up a fair big, a fairly big advantage on the first stage. It was also a race of firsts. Um, every single rider who won a stage or took the overall was doing it for the first time in the in the NRS, which is, yeah, unusual. I think it was due, especially in the women's, to a number of the top riders not being there, but also to a number of breakthrough wins. So we saw the likes of Nick White, um, Raphael Freinstein as well. He's never taken a overall tour win, which I know seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? The amount of times he's been up the top there, but yeah, it was actually his first win of an overall tour for both himself and for Inform Make, his team. So yeah, that was setting the stage for the Tour of Gippsland, and we'll dive into each of the different stages now. Uh, stage one of the men's, it was Raf Freinstein and Jason Lee of Benelong Swiss Wellness, who were the main break of the day. They were out front hoovering up all the bonus seconds out on the course, which would come into play significantly at the end of the race. It was a fast sprint to the finish as they were brought back in on the wide open sort of racetrack they have down there at Phillip Island. And Craig Wiggins of Mobius Bridge Lane was the one to emerge the fastest. He followed Tristan Ward's wheel from Benelong Swiss Wellness and was fast enough to come round and hold off uh, Troy Herfoss, who's more used to going around that track with a, a motor between his legs, I guess. But instead he had to use the motor in his legs and he did a very impressive sprint to finish second there with Tristan Ward in, th- in third. Uh, Craig Wiggins, obviously a youngster from WA and took his first uh, NRS stage victory there Sure to be the first of many if he doesn't, you know, step up too rapidly into the professional ranks because he's a real talent, that youngster there. We didn't have an interview for that race because I wasn't down there yet, Um, but we'll jump straight into the stage one of the women's. It was an early break of four in that one with Emily Roper, Jamie Gunning, Georgia Whitehouse and Matilda Reynolds 
all getting up the road there. That went until about the first intermediate sprint, which was won by Whitehouse. And then Gunning and Roper decided that they weren't getting enough cooperation from those other riders there and decided to attack over the top. At that stage, the peloton was pretty close. And I think that Whitehouse and Reynolds probably just looked around and saw that the peloton was nearly on top of them and dropped back which proved to be a pretty poor decision as the front two of Roper and Gunning stretched out their lead, uh, shared the time bonuses around at the intermediates, and then ended up taking a lead of over a minute into by the end of the stage. And Roper took the sprint win, took a kind of tired-looking sprint win, actually, over Gunning, and ended up with Roper in the overall lead. But it put the two of them out to over a minute's advantage on GC, which effectively yeah, locked up the GC um, early, although we would see that it came pretty close in the end to a surprise rider uh, managing to almost overhaul them. On to the stage two of the men's now, and it was a very dangerous break that got up the road early there with Rafa Einstein, Nick White, Aidan Toovey, Oliver Martin of Brisbane, or Rabble, as we call them now, uh, Cam Ivory of GPM Stoltz, uh, Ben Metcalf of Mobius, and Sasha Bondarenko-Edwards of Drapek Cycling. So all the major teams were represented there, all very good riders who've um, taken wins uh, in the NRS in the past, and oh, all the top three riders for the National Road Series overall were in there as well. So it was... Yeah, it was a star-studded break, and in the end, it, it, and they rolled around with about 30 seconds advantage for quite a long time until Ben Long um, launched Tristan Ward and Jason Lee over to the break, which sort of shut the move down. There were too many Ben Long riders in there, and the other, the other strong riders didn't want to um, work with them. It was an interesting course down there in Traralgon. Um There was an, an interesting sort of rise there, and it was sort of sort of a hot dog sort of circuit but not quite as maybe sharper corners as you would normally associate with a hot dog uh, nonetheless as you come down the hill into that into the final pair of corners into the finish it's a really quite a a nasty little um, section there especially coming into the final sprint as we would uh, go on to see uh, Alistair Christie Johnston put a, from Benelong put a likely looking attack in in the final few laps but was brought back with a few laps to go Sam Hill tried um, attack on the final lap but he's, he said his legs gave out as he was just going around the second to last hairpin and had absolutely nothing so it was all to play for in the final sprint finish uh, there was a downhill into those two really tight corners in the end and then only about 150 metres or so to the line so everyone was fighting uh, for that front wheel going through the finish there. Um, Herfoss led them through, but uh, Theo Yates of Drapak EF Holistic Development was right on his wheel and stepped out to take the sprint from Nick White, who actually finished that stage with a broken spoke on his um, on his rear. So he was, you know, <laughs> doing immensely well to get up there for second. And Tristan Ward ended up in third. Uh, Raf Frenstein, uh, after getting some of the bonus seconds in the break, were, took on the race lead, and we'll talk to we'll talk now with Theo Yates, who took his first win in the NRS and his in his first race in the NRS for about four years, um, as we talked about in the interview. Uh, so we're here with Theo Yates of uh, Drapak Cycling. Um, 
So yeah, first win uh, for in a while on the NRS. It's been a while since we've seen you. Well, yeah, I've never won in the NRS, so um, glad to happen. So yeah, I haven't ridden the NRS since 2014. What's it feel like to be back here? We saw you win in like Iran, I think, a few years. Yeah, years yeah ago. good pickup. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I've like four years. A lot, a lot happens. So. Um, come into it with a bit of a different head it doesn't always look so daunting anymore um so i've ridden this course before i think i got piped last time i read it but um i'm glad to come away with win it's a very big um morale booster for next year you know and uh coming to that final corner there that wasn't daunting at all because that's a pretty high speed finish to the race there um i mean during the race i was making a lot of places up in the corner i wasn't too scared of it um but the descent was probably sketchier um because Essentially, the sprint finishes entering in the last corner. So um, I just I stood. I was on Troy's wheel. Um, ideally, I wanted to come around first, but lucky I came on his wheel because he sort of just blew up there at the end, and I was lucky to come around him and hold hold Raph off, you know. Yeah, and all the boys are saying you're super strong, like you're riding the brake back, and then you come out and win the sprint finish. Yeah, I mean, um, had to help the boys there for a bit um, and bring the brake back, but I actually got dropped also, and then managed to get back on just pretty much on the corners so I'm happy and uh, the rest of the race it's gonna be an interesting one with that hill TT I mean mm. how are you guys setting yourself up for that um Jesse Feetonby's our man for GC so we want to keep him near the front and then pretty much on that last day is where I think it's gonna be one definitely I don't think I mean these crits are, are good and you make up 20 30 seconds in, in the time bonuses and the finishes but I think minutes are gonna be one on the last day. Okay, cheers. Thanks for your Thanks, time. Thanks, man. Stage two of the women's also in Tarragon. Uh, it wasn't super aggressive until Georgie Whitehouse lit up the race with a massive attack with about eight laps to go. She absolutely flew up that little climb that they had there. And... You know, she put an immediate big gap into the field, but it looked like the effort cost her quite a bit, and she was brought back after just a few laps out solo from the from the peloton. Um, it went to a sprint from there with Shannon McCurley, um, showing that she was by far the fastest in that field. Um, she absolutely smoked that finish, uh, despite being a few wheels back on the final corner. Uh, Matilda Reynolds was second. Jamie Gunning third, and with that time bonus was on the line, Gunning was able to take the race lead uh, with that bonus time. Uh, interview now with Shannon McCurley, who is a very Aussie-sounding Irish sprinter who was racing as an individual at the Tour. Shannon, super impressive sprint out there at the end. Um, just talk us through that last 500 metres because that's a fast finish there. Yeah, um, I guess I knew I needed to be in the top four coming out of the roundabout there and I knew if I was there, it's not too many that were going to get over the top of me. And coming coming into that final, it was like 150 metres from the corner there to the finish. I mean, you knew you had the speed in your legs from yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew coming out of the roundabout, I came out in third wheel. It was all over from there, so I was pretty stoked to bring it home. And you're pretty confident in your form at the moment by the look of things? Yeah, definitely. I'm probably in the best form of my life, which is great heading into the World Cup season on the track. And uh, from a personal perspective, I mean, how does this win sit in your, in your career at the moment? Um, like, I'm stoked. It's my first National Road Series event. I was track sprinting only six months ago, so to make the crossover to endurance and step out here and be able to contest it with these girls is awesome. And there's plenty of local support here. You got a bunch of hugs after the race. Yeah, a few high fives, so. it's awesome. Um, 
Trelgan's my hometown, so I'm stoked to have won it here. And you're the Aussiest sounding Irish woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm from what far south. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> okay. uh, where will we see you next? Um, well, I'm back over to Europe for the next two months, and then I might race the Aussie Criterium Championships. <laughs> Just thinking about it quietly. <laughs> okay, cheers. Thanks. So we're here with uh, Jamie Gunning, as she said, very good name, uh, <laughs> of uh, Splat Lawyers Racing. Um, Jamie, you've now stepped into the leader's jersey after stage two, but we'll go back to stage one. Um, and when you took the took a large advantage on the peloton, um, you were initially part of that break of four. Um, what was the feeling within that break? And um, were you, were you uh, surprised that you were given that much leeway by the peloton? Um, definitely was surprised, um, but at the same time, wasn't overly stoked because we did have a very long way to go. Um, uh, in the group that we had, half... Um, were really willing to work. The other half um, were maybe just tapping through a little bit easier than Emily and I hoped. Um, so maybe not not long after we kind of got together. I think after the first preem, um, Emily and I decided, yep, we just got to go because we weren't maintaining pace, um, which is what we wanted. Um, and yeah, eventually. Uh, the laps just kept ticking down and we kept staying away um, and we thought well we're already cooked so we may as well just keep going because we're going to be cooked at the end either way so that's what we did and we managed to get a 55 second gap I believe. Yeah and it worked for both of you in the end because uh, you both end up with a decent lead and uh, now you've been able to move into yellow today. Um, looks like you were targeting those preems out there and uh, then the finish. Um, yeah I was a little bit because I know um, well I'm not too sure how I'm climbing um, and I know it's going to come down to Borbor. Um, so I thought if I can pick up any extra points today um, while I'm still feeling kind of good, um, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, you're still, you're a lightweight climber type though. I mean, you can, you can get up Borbor, okay, you'd think? Um, you'd think, but I've only been training for about three weeks. So um, I, I don't know how I'm going to go after four days of racing. So just taking every day as it comes. And the Splat Lawyers team, um, it's been impressive start from you guys. You've done quite well in your opening uh, NRS season. Um, what's what's the atmosphere in the team like? Um, it's it's awesome. Um, majority of the girls are new to NRS. This is their first season. Um, but they're all so strong and so eager to learn. And I think that's um, such a good combination for us. Uh, you and Jess are the, are the experienced heads in the team then, I suppose, at um, whatever, 19 and 20, are you? Uh, 20 and 21. 20 and 21. Yeah. So, um, yeah, different experience from you because you were part of Holden before and Jess was part of High Five, which had more experience yeah. riders on the team. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's good that we both, well, we kind of entered NRS together almost in, in Quetz Racing a few years back and then we did kind of go our separate ways and now we're back together again um, and we've been able to bring like our different experiences to the team and yeah it's working out quite well. That Quetz team was pretty impressive looking back on it now. Yeah, Kim Palmer is the coach, Lucy Kennedy was part of that, um, Jess, Jess Pratt obviously as mentioned, I mean that's a that's a real uh, team to watch for the future, looking back on it. Um, yeah, and it's quite funny because Emily Roper was in that team as well. So, um, and yeah, Lucy's pro now, she's an Orica. So, yeah, it was de definitely a very good foundation. And uh, one more comment, uh, Shannon McCurley, uh, the, the sprint at the end. That's that's a, a track sprinter's uh, sprint there, wasn't it, at the end? Yeah, that was crazy, to be honest. I, I, I was just kind of head down gassing it, so I, I didn't actually know who won. Um, till after the race but yeah she she's a gun yeah. for sure cheers thanks Jamie. no worries thank you
stage three of the men's race in Sale. It was a criterium around a short 1.5 kilometre course, and that was just such a fast course. There was never going to be any serious breakaway unless there were really some you know nasty crashes on there. Um, I was talking to some of the riders beforehand, and they were saying it's just too easy to go 50 kilometres an hour um, that if you want to be in a break, you have to be doing you know, 52, 53 kilometres an hour, and that's too hard to hold for an entirety of a race where you've got a peloton who's just cruising around uh, behind you. Uh, thankfully, there was nothing too bad in terms of crashes. Yeah, nothing really split up the race in the end. Uh, there was plenty of support on show from the school kids and locals. It was one of the bigger crowds of the season, actually, aside perhaps from Amy's Otway Tour. bit of racing around the intermediate sprints. Uh, Oliver's did a good job getting you know a few riders up into the top placings on each of those sprints, and Nick White collected quite a few points. Uh, though uh, Raffreinstein was also very attentive, attentive and picked up quite a few seconds. Uh, coming into the final few laps, Benelong had stretched out the race, getting on the front and had their whole team there essentially stringing it out for Tristan Ward. It looked like he'd be really hard to beat as he'd been in some pretty good form. Uh, but round the final corner, it was Nick White who emerged from the wheels of the other sprinters to sweep around the outside and take his first win in the NRS. Um, of course, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that it's almost a running joke that um, Nick uh, can't quite, couldn't quite crack it for that win, I mean, despite going so close many times. Uh, but it was great to see him take that first victory. Uh, so it was him taking the win, uh, Tristan Ward second, Rafa Einstein third, and Franstein also kept the race lead, though Nick Wright had really narrowed it down. Okay, we'll go to an interview with Nick White of Oliver's Real Food Racing now. Here with Nick White. Nick, first NRS win. What's that mean? Oh, it uh, means a lot to me. It's been a long time coming. I've got a lot of podiums in the NRS over the last two years, so... To finally get that win, uh, is, yeah, pretty great feeling. I've been saying, I've been saying for years that um, it, it's going to be a big win for you when it when it finally comes. And you know, this one, a fast criterium taking out some of the better sprinters in the in Australia. Um, that is, I mean, you know, that's got to be that's got to rank quite highly. Yeah, no, it means a lot to me. Um, I probably prefer a fast sprint uh, in a race. Legs were feeling alright going into it. It wasn't too hard of a criterium just because of the fast circuit um, and was relatively controlled the whole time. So. So, yeah, no, to finally get that win is a pretty great feeling. And, yeah, I was pretty nervous going into it, uh, but definitely thought I was in there with a chance. And take us through that final kilometre there. It looked like Ben Long had it pretty well strung out for Tristan Ward there. Um, how did you manage to get around and get to get the front? Uh, yeah, Ben Long had it pretty strung out. Um, Tommy Bolton dragged me up to the front uh, through the last two corners, uh, through the third and fourth last corner. Um, and then yeah he swung off and I jumped on Theo Yates's wheel and then managed to sneak up with Theo Yates onto Tristan Ward's wheel uh, through that second last corner um, and then from then on it was just a drag race to the last corner and then up the final straight. And uh, get, getting, getting your salute over the line, you managed a fairly impressive one in the end. I mean, I guess you uh, played it through your head a few times. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know what I was going to do crossing the line, but uh, yeah, just just did what came to me, I guess. And uh, yeah. And the question everyone's asking is, how are you climbing at the moment? Uh, Raf, uh, Raf just asked that of you. Um, are you is, it's a it's a question of time gaps at this point, and uh, who's going to take the series lead? You're up there in the NRS standings as well, uh, so a, a bunch of different factors. But you know, just 
going to go as hard as you can for a ball ball. Yeah, well, that's it. I guess got to put everything behind me put and just not think about it too much and just put everything on ball ball and, yeah, hope for the best and I'll just leave everything out on the road. Yeah, cheers, Nick. Thanks. Stage three of the women's. Again, there were no real attacks in the women's criterium race in sale. Again, just too fast of a course. Uh, Sydney Uni Stamine clearly wanted to avoid a sprint against McCurley, who'd shown herself to be the quickest rider there. Um, she's got a real track sprinter's physique almost as well, with some just massive quads, which you, you realise when you're sprinting against her that she's got a lot more power than um, anyone else in the field, I'd imagine. Um, and they, so Sydney Uni tried to launch Whitehouse in a win reminiscent of her first in the NRS at last year's Tour King Valley, if you remember that, where she went with a lap to go and managed to hold off a really quality bunch of sprinters there. Um, that didn't work this time, and she had to try again in the sprint, um, you know, just a few seconds later, uh, which was in the end a quite a quite an amazing drag race to the finish with McCurley and Whitehouse on different sides of the road going at each other. In the end, it went to a photo finish, which showed McCurley won by about half a wheel's width, uh, Georgia Whitehouse in second, and Catalina Soto, the Chilean youngster on their t- on Holden Team Gusto, who claimed third. Uh, Roper took back the yellow jersey of the leader with a good showing in the intermediate time bonuses, and went, we go into the final... Stage four, Mount Borbo time trial with the leaders jersey there. Uh, we spoke to the second place getter, Georgie Whitehouse of Sydney Uni Staminade after the race. So we're here with Georgie Whitehouse. Um, Georgie, of course, been on the podcast not so long ago. Um, Georgie, second in that sprint there, but it was so close there at the finish. Yeah, it was really close. I wasn't sure if I if I did enough to get it, but um, came through in second. But yeah, the team were super stoked with second place going up against a world-class sprinter that is Shannon, who won. So yeah, we're really happy. She's she's really a track sprinter, isn't she? I mean, coming coming here and bullying us poor roadies, and uh, and it looks like <laughs> that way. I mean, the first two sprints that she's done, she's absolutely blown the field out of the water this time. Yes. You, you hid yourself away a bit more. You gave yourself a bit more of a chance with the lead out from your team. Um, did you think you could pip her with a, with a bit of extra help? Um, after seeing her race yesterday and the day before, I didn't think I had I couldn't go against her in a sprint. But that was so we actually planned to um, send me a lap early so that it wouldn't come down to a sprint because we know she's sort of more of a short distance sprinter. So I went on this corner and then um, the fourth last corner, but that move didn't work. So then tried to rest for a bit before the last 300 meters. So you're getting about two seconds worth of rest there in that, in that last column. <laughs> it, I had to dig deep, that really hurt. But um, it was worth the shot. Was it trying to recreate that win back at, um, what was it, King Valley, where you, where you got your first NRS win? That's kind of, yeah, that's what we were inspired by. And yesterday I got one of the intermediate sprints by going a lap early, so we thought, I like to go long, go long, go strong, so that was kind of the plan. And how are you enjoying the Gippsland uh, Criteriums, well, court courses? I mean, there's plenty of them. Um, what's been your favourite so far? I actually really loved yesterday. I've been pretty fatigued um, after quite a bit of racing uni games last week, but uh, that hill was fun. It was just really fun, and the quality of racing just seems to be getting better, and you know, really competitive teams this year. So, and the weather's been amazing. Loving it. And there's no real out-and-out favourite for the ball board time trial tomorrow. Um, do you reckon you can get yourself up there for over, over that big hill? <laughs> I'm going to give it everything I've got. Um, 
and hopefully I can surprise myself. But I wouldn't say climbing is my thing, but I know I can dig deep and make myself hurt. So that's the plan. Okay, cheers. Thanks, Georgie. Thank you. Stage four of the men's and we're on to the 4.7 kilometer Mount Borbor time trial. And it was Raf Reinstein who went into the stage with seven seconds advantage over Nick White with Jason Lee 40 seconds back with the rest of the field at about a minute or so if they hadn't lost um, time already on the criteriums. It was going to be hard to overcome that advantage to Reinstein and White. So most people were thinking that it would be, be between the two of them for the overall win but still there were some serious climbers who turned up to this to this race and we were expecting you know one of them to probably take the stage win with White and Frankenstein not too far back uh in the end that's how it turned out but uh it was quite a dramatic dramatic finish to the race it's yeah it's tough to put too much of a narrative into a TT particularly into this one as it was hard for me to get around the course and as a spectator you just had to go to the top and stay at the top um, super hard TT, obviously. Mount Borbor was one of the hardest climbs in Australia. Um, this one was 4.7 kilometres rated at 11% average, which, yeah, <laughs> was tough out there for the riders, especially at the early sections where um, there was a gradient up to 21% at one, at one stage. And there's this bit where you turn around an early corner and you just see the road stretch out in front of you. And I was standing at one of those um, sections at the start and the the riders going past, they were back markers, so they weren't expected to set the world on fire, but they were, they were making jokes. They're like, oh, I'm almost there, there yet. You know, kill me now, that sort of stuff. And weak jokes, but then again, how how much effort can you summon to be funny when, you, when you're about to go through that much pain? Sam Hill of Phoenix Cycling Collective set the early pace with a time of 19 minutes and 38 seconds. Um, said after the race that he averaged about 408 watts up that climb for that for that time, which is... You know, pretty pretty bloody impressive. Um, I'm not sure where exactly where that would go in watts per kilo, but certainly the high fives you would think. Um, and it looked like that might that time might be good, as we saw climbers like Jesse Feetonby of Drapak EF struggle to beat that time. However, Connor Brown of Moby's Bridgeland, who'd been nominated as their you know their man that they thought would, was likely to take a win, um, and he absolutely smoked it out there and posted a time of 19:23 continuing on his really good form that he had over in the US where he was going with the front group up until the stage where like the top climbers would attack in those races like the two of Utah. Uh, Nick White came in with a super fast time of 19.26, just three seconds down on Brown, and we thought that might be good for the win, but just over a minute later, Freinstein came came through and only a second slur, meaning that he won the tour by just a six second margin. Um, over Nick White so a very close finish to that race and Nick wasn't happy after the finish he kind of hit his hit his uh, handlebars with his hand and he was like oh so close but anyway it wasn't it was a win for Raf Reinstein and inform make so it was Brown first White second and Reinstein third on the stage and then you reverse that order for the uh, overall GSD, GC with Raf Reinstein first Nick White second and Connor Brown third with Freinstein obviously making up most of his advantage through those bonus seconds there, and he's proved real a real exponent of taking out the race due to those you know little time bonuses that you can pick up during the stage. Okay, so we'll jump in now to interviews with Connor Brown of Mobius Bridge Lane and Raphael Freinstein of Inform Mac. 
Here we're Ralph Frohnstein, the winner now of the Tour of Gippsland and a tough way to finish off there, mate. A full four and a half K climb up Mount Borbor. Um, what was the thought process going into this um, and did you think you'd be able to keep that lead? Well, yeah, I was uh, only a seven second lead over Nick White and he's in good form. He showed uh, in all the other stages that he's yeah, flying at the moment and yeah, it's just uh, you focus on your own effort. Everyone was probably fatigued, so everyone had the same conditions and uh, it just showed again Nick White uh, came second in the stage and just a couple of seconds off uh, in front of me so uh, yeah we it was a head-to-head -head race and uh, yeah I'm super happy to finally win my first NRS two overall I came second overall a few times back in 2014 and 2015 and earlier this year with uh, two of great South Coast I came second overall so yeah finally we got a overall win for the team so it's great work. And uh, you, he was your minute man, obviously, out there, Nick White. So um, you've got to keep an eye on him throughout. Were you, were you ever worried at any of those stages? Uh, up the climb today, I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's only at the bottom I saw him, but then he disappeared. It was too winding, so I was really hard to tell uh, if, he, if he's fast or not. So I just focused on my own effort, trying not to blow up. So uh, yeah, it was a, a tough, grueling last stage. And uh, where to from here? Is it back to work tomorrow, or what's the, what's the, what's the plan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I uh, started working full time. So I uh, glad I had two days off work, Monday, Tuesday, and uh, back to the office tomorrow morning. But it's good to rest up. And uh, yeah, I think the uh, summer crit season started back in Melbourne. So I think uh, I'll head out there next next uh, weekend. And uh, that's always fun. And we haven't heard exactly what's happened with the national series overall yet. Oh, but yeah. I presume you're probably going to go into the lead of that. Um, uh, it depends where Aiden Tuvi ends up um, overall. I think Nick White could be uh, overtaking as well because he was uh, he won the stage yesterday, which gives uh, gets you 30 points. Oh so, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting. I mean, it's a bit different from most forms of racing where you got this overall series that you're working towards. Well. Do you do you like it? Dislike it? What's the? Well, yeah. I mean, every series has uh, you know an overall. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, it almost turns the way that the the three going for overall they're marking each other. So some racing uh, gets a bit uh, boring because uh, no break would go when someone else is in there. But I guess that's team tactics, and um, yeah, that's how it is. Okay, cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, here with Connor Brown of Mobius Bridge Lane. Uh, Connor, um, the team were saying, Tom, Tom, in fact, the guy behind you at the moment, he was talking you up before the stage, saying that you were the one to follow from his team, um, and you paid off. You won the stage there. Yeah, I know. I'm so stoked. I knew I think I could. I knew I could do a pretty good, pretty good time, but didn't know that I could, had the stage run enemy. But yeah, pretty stoked. Is that something you specialise in? These sort of uh, shorter efforts. I mean, 20 minute efforts not super short, but um, pretty much an FTP test. Um, how do you, how did you how do you rank yourself in that sort of power output? Yeah, I think I'm a pretty, I'm an alright TT rider, so I think I just use that and. Yeah, I think I got a pretty good um, FTP, so I knew what I had to hold and just sat on, just sat on that those watts and yeah. And uh, coming back from the states with Mobius, um, what was that process like over there? I mean, racing with a higher quality of racing with some of those American teams, that obviously very good, and sticking with some of those guys on the climbs. Did that give you confidence coming back to the NRS? Yeah, I mean, um, I, ha I learned so many lessons over there, um, racing with those guys, and the race level was was massive and uh, yeah I got so many benefits from from racing there so yeah definitely the the climbing helped cheers thanks Connor
stage four of the women's race now, and everyone thought it was going to be between Roper and Gunning for the GC as the pair went into the final stage with over a minute and 20 seconds advantage on the field, and both are you know pretty good climbers, not, not pure, pure climbers by any extent, but um, both are very capable over the climbs. However, some really fast times were set out early by some new names to the NRS with Bree Wilson of Spot Lawyers Racing, Katie Banerjee, uh, Dr. Katie Banerjee of Vi 13K at KM Financial Advice and Justine Barrow, who isn't a new name, but she's been racing with Rush Women's for a while. Um, but they all set really fast times early on up the climb. Um, what's really impressive is that uh, Banerjee and Barrow are both over 40. Barrow's 41 and Banerjee's 45. Uh, not sure how old Wilson is. I'll check check on that next time. But she's one of those late developers as well. However, you know they absolutely set superb times. They've all smoked the Strava QOMs as well on that climb. So it wasn't you know because it wasn't due to like a poor level of competition or anything. Those guys really flew up that climb. Anyway, uh, Wilson's time was so good that it was that even with uh, Roper's 140 lead on Wilson at the start of the race, she only held on by just four seconds at the finish to win the race overall. Um, it, as it played out on the climb, actually, Gunning didn't find the early, early slopes to her liking and was actually caught by Roper, who was who started a minute behind um, on the road. and But then Gunning fought back and overtook Roper and actually finished ahead of her on the road, but well down on time. Um, Roper won the overall from... Wilson and Banerjee. Uh, Banerjee, um, it turns out, is a, a doctor, a mother, and just took up cycling a year ago. So she's really showed some impressive development to to do uh, this ride here. Um, we'll, we'll talk to stage winner Brie Wilson of Spot Lawyers Racing and Emily Roper, the overall winner of the Tour of Gippsland. <laughs> Here with Em Roper at the end of the tour of Gippsland. Um, em, good to get a win. Good to get a win on that bloody tough uh, finishing climb there. Yeah, it was good. I was lucky that I had a, a minute 20 lead over the other climbers coming into this stage because they went really fast up that climb and I just held them off, which is good. Turns out you needed every every second of that uh, of that buffer in the end, didn't you? Winning by just over four seconds, did you? You said you trained with Bree Wilson um, in the past. I mean, did you have that inclination that she was going to be able to go that much faster? Or yeah, Bree lives on the Gold Coast. And we actually trained together, so I know how fast she climbs up those hills. Um, it actually, I got six seconds in a sprint prem yesterday in the crit, which is pretty much the winning margin. And thanks to that little sprint that I did, I got, could hold, hold her off. And uh, looking back on the tour, I mean, a lot of crits, and then it ends with this um, massive climb up Bore Bore. I mean, uh, what, what, what do you like about the race, and uh, do you think it really suited you in the end? Um, I, I don't think this 11% climb was really my thing, but, yeah, it was an unusual um, layout with three crit-type races and then a massive hill climb to finish off, so you have to be a bit of an all-round rider to be able to make it through the whole tour. So, yeah, in that regard, I think it suited me but I think I would have preferred a flat TT to finish off and good work doing it by yourself as well I mean obviously without a team you had to do a fair bit of work kind of shutting down moves during those crits to make sure that you know none of the other teams got a got away on you there um what, what's that what do you put that down to having the legs or just keeping your head on the swivel all the time making sure no big dangerous gets away yeah I think I had to be um really alert in the crits and just to see what moves were going um, I used splat a little bit to chase down the moves because I had Jamie so close to me on GC. Um, I did what I can to use their team, but 
a few times through the crit yesterday I had to do a bit of chasing but yeah I just played it smart. And yeah, yourself and your longtime partner Troy Herfos both came into the race in similar situations coming in as individual riders, um, but both highly marked and highly respected within the peloton. Um, what's, what's that like? Why do you choose to fly solo um, all the time? I don't know, I just um, growing up going through juniors and being in the national um, teams and things like that, I kind of um, went away from that for a little bit and I came back and rode for High Five last year, but then they folded unfortunately at the end of the year. So. I do work as a nurse, so I don't know what I can and can't, can and can't come to. So, yeah, we kind of just pick and choose races as we please, and you don't really have any pressure. It's just the pressure that you put on yourself, and yeah, just got to look after myself in the races, pretty much. And you're enjoying it all, um, and we'll see you play, play more in the NRS circuit from now on. Um, yeah, there's only two more races at the end of the year. I'm on holidays at the moment, so that's why I could come to this race. But yeah, I don't know if I'll make it to Tassie or. Yeah, Amy's Grand Fondo. Is um, it Amy's? Deladonna. Deladonna, yeah. So I don't know if I'll be at those ones, so I've got to go back to work. But Well, it's a lot more pleasant up there than it is down here as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, cheers. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Uh, we're here with Brie Wilson from Splat Lawyers Racing. Um, Emily Roper gave you a pretty good compliment in the in the interview I did with her. She said uh, she, she wasn't quite sure if she'd be able to hold you off, even with the big advantage going in. I mean... You, you obviously did a great job out there and you can really climb. Thanks, yeah. Um, I yeah ride with Emily quite a lot, so I know she's a really big threat. She's a very talented rider um, across the board, not just on the climb. So, yeah, I was really happy to get um, within four seconds of her. That's a big win for me, so, yeah. Did you have this anticipation that this was going to be your stage? Um, you didn't, didn't get too active during the criteriums? Yeah, the crits for me are just more about staying out of trouble. I'm pretty new to NRS, so doing crits at this level is still like a big learning experience for me. So, yeah, I was really holding out for today. And uh, this final climb, 4.7 k's out Mount Bulbourne, none of it easy. Um, what, how did that play out for you? Um, yeah, I, it was obviously really tough. I knew the first sort of k and a half was the steepest bit, um, but I wanted to go out pretty hard and just try and hang on. Um, I know sort of that I was capable of doing that if I had a good day. So, yeah, I went pretty hard um, up the steep bit and then just tried to hang on and luckily it was enough. And to just miss by four seconds, I mean, uh, so close, but in, yeah. you know, so but there's such a di big difference between that first yeah, and yeah. second there. What are the emotions? Oh, I'm just stoked, like so happy. Yeah, four seconds, like I don't mind. <laughs> and uh, it's a bit different from the Gold Coast though to these sort of conditions. Uh, how do you handle that? Yeah, um, obviously a lot colder, very wet. Um, yeah, but you know, to be honest, it didn't really bother me today. I was just head down and trying to get to the end as quickly as possible. So. And we'll be seeing you and the Splat Girls um, at uh, Deladonna and Tasmania. I suppose will suit you quite well. I'll be in Tassie, yeah. Yeah, that's and, next. And well, your favourite for that now, after this performance? <laughs> yeah, put me in the spotlight a little bit, which <laughs> makes me a bit nervous. But yeah, should be good. Okay, cheers. Thanks, Brie. Well Thank done. Thank you. Okay, that should just about do it for us. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Breakdown Podcast. Uh, the next event is the Tour of Tasmania, which I'm currently planning to go down for and, you know, make a, a week and a half out of out of the racing down there. It should be a lot of fun uh, down there. Um, that's the 14th to the 18th for the men and the 16th to the 18th of November for the women. 
Thanks, of course, to Out of the Rat Race Cycling Apparel, our sponsors, uh, still producing great-looking, odour-resistant, comfy cycling apparel, which is environmentally conscious. Check them out at www.com.au. As always, I've been Jamie Finch-Penninger, and if you'd like to follow the Breakdown podcast, check out our social links. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook. Just search the uh, Breakdown podcast, and also subscribe to the podcast on whatever your preferred podcasting app is. Okay, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.